This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I revealed. <laughs> we were both on our mic at the same time. Well, I think you didn't know what you were going to say. I was like, <gasps> She had no clue what she was going oh, to say. I, knew. I had something okay, I was going to say because she was going to say something lame. I revealed what my Halloween costume was, Lame. by the way, on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're late to Do the you, party. Uh, I know. You obviously don't come up in my feed algorithmically. That's not my problem. I wonder why. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I revealed my big Halloween costume. Oh. Um, because I could. I woke up this morning being like, you know how like a, you're, I, well, this might just be me, but like when you're sitting on something good and you're like, oh my God, I can't keep this secret. I can't keep this secret. I have to let everyone know. That was me. So my big Halloween costume was Olivia Rodrigo this year. Um, and I looked awesome in a cheerleader moment. You know, I was very impressed. I'm a beautiful girl. Let me girl. tell you, Ryan is very pretty. The contour, the angles, you have it all. Yeah, it is. Um, it was spectacular to see how pretty I was. Because you just never know. You think you're going to be an ugly boy. But now I feel like my hair, yeah, I just need my girl. hair to grow back. Yeah, I just need my hair, like my facial hair to grow back because I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm naked on the face. This is what you do. You I feel like I look like an old little man. Sacrifice for beauty. Well, yeah, check it out. It's on the Slay God. Ryan looks great. Let me tell you, he is winning Halloween here in the studio today. Me and Vanessa are just losing it. Uh, <laughs> we have lots coming up on the show today. It's Asexual Awareness Week. So we're going to talk more about how to tell your partner that you're asexual at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. And Caitlyn Jenner has something to say about Dave Chappelle. Oh, that's in a moment in the T-Report. First, some uh, what's trending this hour. The State Department is expected to issue the first U.S. passport with an ex-gender marker in early 2022. A State Department official said the delay is necessary because the U.S. Office of Management and Budget needs to approve the required form updates. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken in June announced the State Department would allow passport applicants to select their gender as M self-select as M or F, but people who do identify as intersex, non-binary, or gender non-conforming can choose a gender-neutral gender marker for their passports. So that is very exciting. And the Rust assistant director, David Halls, told authorities he should have checked the gun used on set last week more thoroughly after noticing a difference in the ammunition rounds, according to a search warrant affidavit. Halls told uh, investigators in an interview and that he did not check each individual round of ammunition in the gun before handing it back to the armorer, which is so sad uh, because this happened, of course, the day cinematographer Helena Hutchins died. Hutchins was killed almost a week ago when actor Alec Baldwin fired a revolver during rehearsal on the New Mexico set of Rust. The incident also wounded director Joel Souza, who's 48. So that's really unfortunate that he did not look at all the rounds. And this is what happened. Uh, but we'll continue reporting about all the updates around the story. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, God. Do I have to talk about this? Yes. Okay. Well, paid to talk about this. Don't bring up my paycheck. Unfortunately. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner has jumped in the Dave Chappelle conversation, and you know it's nothing good. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, yeah, she's spoken out in support of comedian Dave Chappelle, saying this. Dave Chappelle is 100% right. This isn't about the LGBTQ movement. It's about woke cancel culture run amok, trying to silence free speech. 
We must never yield our bow to those who wish to stop us from speaking our minds. Sounds like a like she's like making some declaration of like on Game of Thrones or something. Um, <laughs> she's, you know, not all trans people are monolith, of course, but she's the worst. She is. She really is the worst, and there's nothing else to put it. And this is coming after um, comedian shared. Um, Footage from one of his latest performances in which he agreed to meet with the trans employees at the streaming service with some stipulations, of course. And, you know, we played that clip. We will not play it again. But Caitlyn Jenner, just stop talking. You're not helping the conversation. You're just further being you, which, honestly, you should stop being you. Because you're awful. That's your team report. Hey. <laughs> well, next up, why is everyone paying attention to Virginia right now? We'll break it all down next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Democrats hold a substantial early voting lead in the historic Virginia governor's race between former Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin. And here is President Biden speaking up about it all. Well, I do. Talk about an oxymoron, Donald Trump and election integrity. I can't believe he puts the word Trump and integrity in the same sentence. Well, that was overall about the election, but a lot of people were relating kind of the whole Trump election also to uh, any kind of election happening with the Republicans as well. But Laura Vazella joins us right now, Virginia politics reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here for this. Sure thing. Why is this governor race in Virginia so important right now? Let's get into it. Well, it's really the first test of whether uh, Republicans can win back suburban um, independence. Uh, Virginia's been a purple state. It turned very blue during the Trump era as Republican swing voters uh, rebelled against uh, the party of Trump. And now the question is whether they'll come back to someone who is stylistically very different from Trump, but has embraced um, some aspects of uh, the former president's uh, record. Yeah, let's talk about actually some of the strategic moves that I think we're seeing when it comes from like the Democratic candidates in Virginia and New Jersey. We're seeing them really tie, you know, the candidate to the candidates that they're going up against to Trump. They're making sure that people realize like this is if you elect this person, this is also you electing Trump. Do you think that's a, a, a good strategy right now? Are people still kind of phased by not making sure Trump is back in office? And the connection that's well, happening? That's, um, that remains to be seen. Obviously, o- over the last four years, uh, Democrats came out in record numbers. Often they would kind of fall asleep in off-year elections and not turn out as faithfully as Republicans would. Um, there, there are some legitimate ties to Trump. When Youngkin uh, was researching or, or seeking the Republican nomination, he said he was all about Trump, that it that was the reason he was running and he refused to acknowledge that Biden had been legitimately elected. And then he, he pivoted a little bit, but never completely turned away from Trump, even in the general election. Yeah. And while Democrats are again ahead right now, is there a worry day of that things might change? They're, they're, it's really neck and neck now. It's not not even that they're ahead. It's it's, it's tied right now. And um it, it could be that um, that the messaging that um, Youngkin has leaned into, which in recent weeks has been on sort of school K through 12 uh, culture war stuff, that that is resonating in the suburbs and getting um, people who would normally not, um, you know, not go in for the the more classic culture war stuff of abortion and guns. It might be appealing to suburban parents. So. I guess just whatever happens in Virginia, is that a pretty big deal? And it really could shape how we see like national politics for Democrats. Sure. I mean, traditionally, the state for many years uh, would rebel. It it has a a governor's race the year after presidential race, one of only two states that does that every four years. So it's often seen as sort of a bellwether for how, you know, a first uh, referendum on the new president. 
that that pattern was broken once before, and it happened to have been Terry McAuliffe in 2013 when he won, despite the fact that um, uh, Barack Obama was in the White House. But yeah, it would be a uh, it would be a um, a very um, I guess a note of caution for uh, for Democrats, a uh, bad sign, I guess I should say, given that Biden won this state by 10 points. So if um, if that's, you know, that seems to be a big part of what's dragging uh, McAuliffe down. So uh, I guess, is this a precursor to, uh, to what we're going to see for upcoming midterms uh, and the upcoming well, election as well? Right. That's that's it's often read as, as sort of a preview of that, obviously. Things can change on that on the national front, but the fact that um, Biden's numbers really sank in the state and, of course, nationally, um, that's that's uh, considered to be a big factor here. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting. Um, I've never one even heard of this the guy that is being um, that's going up against. Uh, what's his name? Oh my God, McCollum. <laughs> yes, I'm like there's so many things because I'm looking at Virginia and New Jersey, and so there's so many elections happening right now where it just feels like oh these are pivotal moments. But tell it, can you tell us a little bit about Jack? Um, no, that's New Jersey. Oh my God, who's, okay. the, who's <laughs> Terry McCollum? Glenn, Glenn yes. Youngkin, Youngkin is Glenn Youngkin. That's Terry. his name. Please, there's and so Glenn many Youngkin. Republicans. Don't feel bad because no one in Virginia had heard of him either. Oh, He's never you. been in. He had never been in politics. He, he, he was very well known in the business world, but um, he was he was co-CEO of the Carlyle Group, a big um, uh, private equity firm, a global firm. And he's worth upwards of three hundred million dollars. Okay. So, and he is he's kicked in um, about 20 million dollars of his own money into the race. He definitely, you know, billed himself as an outsider, but very much, um, and and he had the benefit mm, of having no uh, no voting record, no uh, no real history there in a state where Republicans hadn't won statewide since 2009. So that was sort of seen as a fresh start. He had to fight a very competitive um, uh, Republican field for the nomination, but he. Uh, managed to win, and uh, he's he's very much stylistically basketball dad. He played Division One basketball mm. at Rice University, up from the by the bootstraps guy who you know you know uh, got the basketball scholarship, did great in school, went to Harvard Business School, all that stuff, and then became a gazillionaire. Um, but he's um, he, he very much embraced. Um, Trump in the primary and promised to, uh, you know, expand gun rights, restrict abortion rights. Mm. Then after winning, pivoted, but not completely. So once he won, he said, yeah, Biden, Biden um, was legitimately elected, but he still pushed um, the need for election, greater election integrity in a mm. state where, you know, Biden won by 10 points. And there's been no no one has questioned the, the results, even the the. Uh, the Trump campaign didn't question the results. Um, and so he's had a mix uh, of, um, you know, sort of kitchen table uh, issues like he's, he says he wants to uh, eliminate the grocery tax. But then and he, he focused on schools, which, again, is often a very kitchen table type thing. But he's gone in very much yeah. for uh, the culture warfare Okay, well, in school. unfortunate. Hope, uh, hopefully Obama and Stacey Abrams and Biden backing uh, the uh, Democrat governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, will make a difference, but we will see. Thank you so much for being here with us. That was sure Laura Vazella, Virginia politics reporter at The Washington Post. Hope to have you back as the results continue to come in. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, next up, experts agree that high prices and low supplies aren't going away just yet. So what happens now? Are we going to be buying anything? for the holidays that's next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q we keep hearing about this disruptions in the supply chain they're not going away anytime soon so how can it impact what you buy and what's available moving forward well glenn abersole joins us right now a strategic business development and marketing executive from lancaster pennsylvania who knows a lot about this thanks for being here Oh, you bet. Glad to be here. Yeah, so how bad has this gotten? Well, there's been lots of disruptions in uh, 2021, as we know, and unfortunately, some of those disruptions are going to continue into 2022. 
2022. How did we get here, though? Yeah, explain what's here. going on. <laughs> yeah, well, the supply chain, uh, there was a lot of things that came together. The perfect storm where uh, what happened was we had a lot of uh, labor shortage. We had higher transportation costs. We had all these ships sitting off shore at the L.A. port, as you know, uh, and the ships were bigger. They increased their capacity um, by maybe 40 to 60 additional containers. So it made it worse. All the additional things that needed to be unloaded and there's not enough people to unload them. Yeah, this is really not good. Is it? Do you think it's encouraging people to start making more in the States versus, uh, you know, encouraging a global economy? Right. Absolutely. We have to start manufacturing back onshore because we have become so dependent on offshore manufacturing. And the other thing that we have to do, we have to shift the strategic model from just in time to just in case. What does that hmm. yeah. what, what can that you mean? break that down a little bit further? What does that mean? Oh, you bet. Well, of course, the Japanese came to just in time that things would be delivered just in time to be used in the manufacturing process or just delivered in time to people that needed them. But with the pandemic, everything got slowed down. Things got backed up. And so it's going to take about two years, for example, to restock the protective equipment that was needed during the pandemic. So instead of saying we're just going to do it just in time, now we've got to restock. So it's just in case something like this happens again. Oh, okay. So now I'm wondering, how is this going to impact us during the holidays? And I feel like I've been hearing a lot of that, too. Well, there's a lot. Again, we still have the labor shortage. We have a shortage of truck drivers. We have a shortage of materials from that are coming from countries that are really um, have a vaccine inequity. So they have a lot more people that aren't in the factories producing. So the really bad news is you better start ordering things now because not only the supply, but also the logistics of getting it to the consumer is a challenge. Wow. What do you think the silver lining in this is? I mean, does it mean uh, smaller stores, mom and pop stores can actually benefit from this? Well, the silver lining is it's a it's a it's been a great week wake up call, and we've got to use more technology. Our technology advanced uh, five years in five months, where we thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to rework remotely? Wouldn't it be nice to have telemedical visits? And we pivoted and found out that yes, you could do that. So increased use of technology, increased use of automation, smaller stores, the smaller people that instead of having a store that's four thousand square feet where it's all store. Half of it's going to be a store experience and a showcase. The rest is going to be a mini distribution center. See, that's smart. And I feel like history has probably shown us that we should have done this way before now or like been on top of this. Do you think just absolutely it it just feels like why are we so late to the game? Was it just because that's just how we are humans? Well, I I think we call that what we call plausible denial. (laughs) Plausible denial means that it's never happened. So it never will. That's a big lesson learned for us. All right. Well, uh, on that note, yeah, thank you so much for making us understand all of this. And I think, you know, hopefully it also encourages people to maybe buy less. Maybe we don't need as much. Just saying. (laughs) Well, and also I think the other thing is to remember, we are going to enter a new abnormal. Hmm. We're not returning to anything that's normalcy. It'll be a new abnormal. And people need to realize that. Okay, well, that was Glenn Aversol, Strategic Business Development and Marketing Executive based out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, next up, kids' school pictures are starting to get retouched. Is that right or wrong? We'll talk to you more about this story going viral next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Is it wrong to retouch school pictures? Did this ever happen to you when you were younger? I mean, I remember my school pictures. What? My school pictures way back when. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was actually just looking at my high school ones. Yeah. I mean, they're supposed to be awkward. That's the point to look Mine back and was see a difference. <laughs> I... I I'm being humble, but seriously, mine was really nice. I mine was not awkward at all. I looked completely different, but mine were not ugly. Okay, well, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah, and they now... hung up one of mine in the actual place. <laughs> okay, that I shot it. It was like a known like photography place. And they hung up one of mine. I wonder if it's still up there. Okay, well, something to look into. I'm just saying. So, uh, parents are now getting outraged over. These school pictures being retouched. It's this new, well, they're saying it's a new trend, but a lot of these parents are posting it now on TikTok saying, is this normal to retouch this? I mean, one person, their deaf son has, you know, the thing in their in their ear and they took it out. They like photoshopped it out. Oh, and she that's was like, rude. that, yeah. That, now that's, that's horrible. That's, that's unnecessarily unnecessary because that's all based off of a bias of that person, whoever did that re, like retouching of like, that means he didn't like the way that made the whole photo look, but that's a part of who that little boy is. Yeah, and what about freckles? Freckles, that's what you're supposed to have. One, they're a part of your personality. They're so cute. You have a freckle-faced kid taking that <laughs> off their face. That's like taking a part of them away. This mom was just like peed off after she said, okay, well, let's do a retouch, you know, thinking, I don't know, I, I guess it makes sense if maybe... They hurt themselves. Maybe there's a bit of reflection off the glasses. The hair is a bit messed up. At the same time, I kind of think it's funny. If my kid went in and there was a school picture day mm-hmm. and maybe, yeah, they didn't look so good, you know, it's, but it, it's not look good. It's like they just look like a kid looks, right? A bit everywhere, maybe not so put together. I kind of think that's a funny thing. Like it's a it captures their, that moment in their life. No. I don't agree with that. I, I think, yeah, whatever happens, happens. But picture days, like, you do want your, your kid to look nice and take a nice photo so you can keep that a part of your memory. I don't want a messed up one. Well, you wouldn't go out of your way. But what if your kid's like, I want my hair to be this way. And you're like, it doesn't look good. But, hey, you want your hair to be that way. Well, what way. age are you talking about? Yeah, like elementary and younger. Oh, okay. I mean... That's- yes, they do edit those. I, high school, I feel like they're already on Instagram. They could filter the hell out of them. If yeah, they want. but I do. I think mean, it, high school back for me, they they edited them. Yeah, but I I think it goes back to I think a lot of parents are thinking like it kind of normalizes the idea of filtering everything. I and don't it starts see, it really young. I really don't see the problem here. Like I genuinely don't feel like this is a bad. I think the the limit are like. Editing out the what's in my face the freckles? the the not not the freckles what's the things the called thing. the e- yeah like your hearing aids. hearing aids I think that's an issue I don't like that because that's just like why are you doing that like leave my child alone in that sense but like retouching and doing something so the photo is completely nice and and making them still look like themselves but like you know what you're getting you're paying for it so why not make it look nice I would want two versions I'd be like here's a retouch one I'd keep the other one for when the kid was bad. Here, remember this day? <laughs> oh, so you want to embarrass your kids? Yeah. See, I don't want to embarrass my kids. Uh, anyway. Okay, let us know what you think at LGT Show and social media. Do you think it's too much to filter 
kids' uh, pictures at school. But uh, next up, how to tell your partner that you are asexual. It's Asexual Awareness Week. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Yeah, we're back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Right now, we're getting into more great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, Adam Levine is addressing the fan grabbing him on stage during the Maroon 5 performance at We Can Survive this past weekend. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Plus, how to tell your partner you're asexual. That's in 30 minutes. First, then, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a new law forbidding students from competing on school sports teams that match their gender identity. Instead, the gender listed on their birth certificate will be the um, sole arbiter of what team they are allowed to join. Abbott has been one of the most anti-LGBTQ governors in the nation. He also promised donors earlier this week that he will promote legislation attacking transgender children every single session that we have just gross i mean there should be something that like that's illegal about this like he should be arrested for this it's harassment oh yeah discrimination should be illegal like what anyway all right well white house press secretary jen Psaki responded to elon musk's criticism of the democrats billionaire tax proposal here's what she had to say any response to Elon Musk's uh, criticism of this, saying that once the government runs out of money, they come after other people? I think our, our response to anyone who has uh, oppo- oppos- opposes is that uh, we believe that the highest income Americans uh, can afford to pay a little bit more um, in order to make uh, historic investments in our workforce, in our economy, in our competitiveness, and that has a net benefit on people across the country. So just to update you, Elon Musk basically railed the Democrats' latest plans to tax billionaires to pay for their social spending plans. As this reporter mentioned, he says, uh, eventually they run out of other people's money and then they come for you. And other people are like, yeah, we've been paying our taxes. (laughs) They have been coming after us. This isn't anything new to regular folks. Uh, The new tax would still allow Musk to keep $28 billion from his $37 billion surge in wealth. Um, as Tesla's market cap exploded this past Monday. And finally, Queen Elizabeth II will no longer attend the COP26 conference. The Queen has been advised to rest and will not attend the climate change conference in Glasgow. Instead, she will record a video message, which will be played to attendees. She recently pulled out of an engagement in Northern Ireland, too, and spent one night in the hospital. And according to a, a statement, the doctors want her to work less because she's hustling out there queen at a very old age and that was what's trending this hour what's happening in entertainment news right i mean she's really old she is but good on her she is hustling it i don't know she needs to rest (laughs) and just go slowly anyway it's time for the t-report those pop culture stories trending right now can i get some music there we go. Wow. <laughs> I like to have a little moment. I with know. My I'm report. feeling it. It's too quiet. I was like, what's <laughs> happening? Okay, so Adam Levine was speaking out after a fan grabbed him on stage at the big concert that we went to and our company had, the Weekend mm-hmm. Survive concert. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Yes, honey, there was some drama, and I'm spilling it here because I know no one else is talking about it because they're too scared. <laughs> well, um, while the band was performing their hit song a Sunday morning at literally our eighth annual We Can Survive concert, a female concert goer rushed the stage and grabbed onto Adam Levine's arm in the middle of the song he looked disgusted he like was like are you kidding me like what are you doing why would you get me out of this like out of my moment to give me a hug it's not okay well he's talking about it he said quote i have always been someone that loves respects and worships our fans without our fans we don't have a job i say that all the time to our fans uh his reaction at the you know october 23 why am i saying october 23 (laughs) At the event, had many people and his fans criticizing him, calling for him to be more humble because the way he reacted was like, oh, wow, why would you react that way? Like, that's so rude. No, it's actually rude for her to jump on stage when she's not supposed to do that and interrupt him while he's working. He said this on his Instagram story. He said, to think that anyone would believe that I thought that our fans were beneath us or less than us makes my stomach turn. Hmm. That's just not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. 
He went on to say, I just need you guys to know I was really startled. And sometimes when you're startled, you have to shake it off and move on because mm-hmm. I'm doing my job up there. It's yep. what I pride myself on. Lastly, he said, I need you to let you guys know that what my heart is. And my heart is that connection that exists between the band performing on stage and the fans. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite, you know, reasonable. I think so, too. It is unnerving when someone just comes at you. Yeah, you just like, don't know. And it's a pandemic. Like, we, yeah, everyone at the concert was vaccinated. They had to show proof, all that stuff. But it was just like, you can't be doing that. Like It's just scary. I would think it's just scary. Like, you're in the mode. And then, when you, I think whenever you're a performer, there is the threat the threat or the idea like someone could do something it's at happened. a venue like that it's happened. and so yeah that could definitely be disorienting yeah well I hope Adam comes back and performs at our concert again <laughs> he's human <laughs> give him a break <laughs> alright that's your tea report I got more coming up next hour Well, next up, maybe you've been ghosted and wondered why someone might do something like that well folks are sharing their stories next Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Should we give people who ghost the benefit of the doubt? There's always two sides to a story. I think you should. Okay. Well, one, first, I mean, I feel like we've talked about if you've ghosted before, have you? Yeah, I've talked about it. How does it feel after the fact, like now? Do you still, do you wish you had maybe approached the situations differently? No. I'm actually completely okay with the people that I've ghosted. Have you been ghosted on? Um, yeah, for sure. And how did that feel? I mean, it, I, here's the thing. I think it doesn't feel good anytime you get ghosted. I understand that. But sometimes I think when people decide to ghost, it's because they've seen so many red flags that it's just it's just like the worrying and the, the, the conversation sometimes doesn't feel like it's even necessary to have because what's the point? Mm. And it's only going to create more um it's only going to create more chaos for yourself than just kind of like not saying anything to them ever again yeah i think it's it's not the ideal default you know it'd be nice no it's not i think for it, someone to be like create closure there's so. a well I th- here's the thing i think there's a time and a place to do it because sometimes ghosting is appropriate for people's survival especially as queer and trans folks you have to sometimes be able to put yourself first and be like, yeah, there's too many red flags. I, th- this is like out of survival for myself. Yeah. All right. T- and to be clear, if someone's being like abusive or harassing you, yeah, I think that's like a whole. You, that- it doesn't have to be necessarily abusive or harassment. Like, I don't have to be hit or anything, but if you're seeing signs of things, signs in those dating stages, I think signs are really important especially when they pop up and if you feel so uncomfortable that you're like if i have this conversation with said person i don't know how they're going to react i don't know what they're going to do i gotta go yeah totally and that's just what it is of course so that's why i feel like ghosters sometimes do deserve to have but if you're just doing it because you don't want to have the conversation then that's kind of like "Mm." yeah i think in this case this is more i think that a lot of people if they're in a bad in any case yeah I mean, when we're talking about the appropriate place to ghost or like what people typically do, I think the typical story is I've stuff going on in my life. This is too much for me to deal with right now. Yeah. Or it is like, or it is like, you're just crazy and I can't deal with you. And you know what? Even if, yeah, because if you're dealing with someone that you know is not going to take no for an answer, yeah, then just set a boundary and bye bye. I think that's what I think that's the thing that I feel like we don't talk about when it comes to ghosting. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it, it can be I think ghosting has sometimes gotten a bad rap of being looked at as kind of like a cowardice thing, but sometimes it's like the best way for you to like put down boundaries. And being like, oh, I just don't feel comfortable. There's something about this person that doesn't really feel like it gives me the opportunity to feel like I can express myself 100% and honestly and transparent. And so for me to move forward and not be in this messy situation anymore, I kind of have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between setting boundaries and saying goodbye to someone. And you don't need to explain yourself sometimes. What's a bad ghoster, though? Like what, I think what's what the, bad the bad ghoster is, or or the the ghosting that I think is just really, it, it sucks is when you've had an intimate 
deeper relationships with someone. I agree with that. And then you get scared or, yeah, you have something going on in your life. I'm sure you could figure out a myriad of excuses. I agree with that. And you're scared of confrontation and you're making the excuse of like, oh, you're going to make them feel bad. So you just don't want to confront that. Yeah. Which, by the way, yeah, it sucks for breakups to happen, but the per- they'll get over it. Is there a ghosting time limit? Like, what do you if mean? you can ghost someone after, you know, what the third, like t- t- the second date. I think. Like, that, are you gonna ghost someone after the first? Date? I think it's the first date. I think once you get into maybe or a second, I feel like once you sleep with someone, a lot of people typically do this. They'll ghost like right after you sleep with them, and that sucks. and that sucks. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. You should. I I would never. I would never ghost someone after I've slept with them. I think you should. I think you should be allowed. Both parties should be allowed to have like a time limit, like a time <laughs> window. Like once it gets past this window, you're in it. Like you got to explain to me why wouldn't why we're not working out. So that's why I'm like, has have we talked about that? Have has anyone set that up? Being like after two to three dates. If we are still, if we're in this after the third date, you can't just ghost me. You got to explain why we're not. Because now we've we've spent money on each other. We've we spent time on each other. We've you know we've actually been talking. You know, I, I would assume on a regular basis to have those three dates. That is like a moment where you can't you can't ghost anymore. Now after the first or the second date. Maybe because you're not that you're you're, you're not really that invested. connected or you're invested. not invested. Here's the thing: what we're talking about right now is like the rules to being a decent person. Like, how do you be a, a, just a decent moral person of Why integrity? Why are we connecting it to that? Because it's a decent thing to do to someone to say, "Hey, I realize that." I just think that makes... we've done these things together and I think that I respect you enough or even if I don't maybe respect or value you as someone a partner like this is what I would want Here's right the thing. if it's after the two if, if if it's at like I said if we're doing the time limit thing and if it's after the third date and you're doing that yes maybe you're not that great of a person maybe you got some things you got to work through but I that's I, how a lot of people do I that. just think that connecting it to like morality and if you're a good person or not is. is not is it's more nuanced and and sometimes more complicated than that. That's making it like this very black or white thing, and it's not. Nothing is that simple. And if it is, you live in a bubble and in a world where clearly there's nothing that impacts you like that creates more room for you to like feel things out or look through things in a different lens or a more complicated, nuanced lens. I actually I think that feel like I have more compassion and empathy for others. This is the filter. I put my own stuff through to figure out what decisions and what things I want to do or not do. And I think when you bring a nuance for yourself, it's real. You have to. Are you kidding me? But nuance yourself, it can create a backdoor and an excuse for you not to do things that are uncomfortable sometimes. I don't necessarily agree with that. All right. Well, let us know what you think. Is there a valid excuse for ghosting? (laughs) Are there more than one side to it? At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. But next up, we're going to be uh, talking about t- telling your partner that you are asexual. How to do it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It is Asexual Awareness Week. So how do you tell your partner that you are asexual? It can be complicated um, and a very overwhelming thing for many people. Bauer joins us right now, who's a therapist, to dive into all of this. Thanks for being here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Happy to be here. Yeah, and I, and I love your perspective because you are asexual. You're also a therapist, so you've been on both sides of this. So, mm-hmm. so what do you tell your clients, or how have you dealt with this? Um, so I, well, I don't tell my clients what to do, but um, yes. I also started the group in New York City, Aces NYC, so I've, I've also seen it from an organizer's perspective. And if you already have a partner, they probably already know something's a little different. So it really depends on where you are in your journey with somebody um, because the the couples I've worked with, the people that I've worked with individually, if they end up mentioning something to a partner, it's often something that's already there, um, but it just doesn't necessarily have a word to it. Um, whereas there's a lot of questions often around like, if you're starting to see somebody um, or if, if you're looking to date people, you know, do people talk about it before they start dating them? Do they see if there's a connection first and see if they're interested and then come out? Um, 
that's really that's a big conversation in the community for sure. Well, yeah, because I was wondering, would you disclose during the dating phase? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. For some people, it's it's often what people uh, feel more comfortable with. So some people feel, you know, like they want to they want people to know right off the bat because they don't want to be rejected for something just about who they are. Um, so they sort of like lead with that, whereas other people feel like it's a little bit more personal. That's not necessarily something they want to share with everyone. Um, and so they'll only share it once it becomes more promising, I suppose, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And what if this is something you've realized in the middle of a relationship? And so confront that's you're confronting it in a different way in many ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's sometimes where they're the partner is the one who will mention it because um, sort of all, when you're already in the relationship, especially if people have been with people who are not asexual, it, it's kind of obvious in a variety of ways. And especially now that there's more people who know what it is at all, you know, if you've never heard of it before, it's very hard to figure out. Um, but if you are aware of it, then then it can be either partner who might actually bring it up. Yeah, because I even think about what if this turns out to be a deal breaker once you do break, bring it up? It's kind of like, mm-hmm. depending on how long you've been in the relationship, that really can cause some emotional like turmoil. How do you navigate that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, I mean, it can be a deal breaker. It's not necessarily um, there. I, you know, the couples that I work with, uh, generally, if, if, the other partner thinks that this is what's going on and they're trying to work on their relationship. It's usually not a deal breaker because they're, they're like, I think that this is what's happening and I want to work on it. Um, But it, I mean, it can be, and as a therapist, right. And especially as a couple therapist, you kind of have to be agnostic to whether or not the relationship works Mm -hmm. and be more focused on whether or not um, they're going to be able to communicate the truth to each other and see how to work with that. But you know, Sex isn't just, sex isn't always the same level of intensity for each partner, particularly with queer kinds of sex. It's not necess- it's not just penis vagina sex, right? There can be different layers and levels of what people are comfortable with. There's a lot of kinky asexuals as well, because there's a lot more sort of like room in terms of what people might be comfortable with. And it can be, but doesn't have to be sexual. Um, there's also a lot more people who are open to sort of like poly or ethically non-monogamous situations um, in the ACE community, sort of as like an additional option. So, yes, we sort of like get into what each person feels comfortable with and see if there is a space for them to continue to build their relationship and, and figure out what's going on between them. Well, uh, thank you so much. That's uh, some great advice, and I'm sure very valuable for lots of people. Is there anything coming up in terms of the work you're doing or the communities you're part of, um, specifically during this week? Um, The ACE Community Survey is also something I'm separately a part of, and that is released this week. So if you are on the ACE spectrum, we'd love to have you participate. Um, Yeah, and and if you if you're in an area where somebody's doing something like to to meet other aces is fantastic and yeah anybody who's listening it's just I'm so glad that you've tuned in awesome well uh, again that was uh, therapist Bauer who is uh, part of the ace community and thank you so much for joining us today and breaking this all down for sure thanks for having me Well, next up, uh, this woman is going viral for being a sugar mama, what she pays her man a month to do whatever she wants. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so this sugar mama is getting a lot of attention on TikTok for talking about her lifestyle as a 44-year-old who pays basically $15,000 a month, and that's on the low scale, to have her boyfriend do anything she wants. At Julie, period with the booty is her profile name. And yeah, according to these TikToks, there's a 15-year age gap. She says that, uh, you know, people think she looks younger and that there's a benefit to dating younger guys. I guess 
she can have them do whatever she wants. Yeah. Then there's money involved. And then for them, obviously, there's a lot of perks. So would you ever want to do something like this? I mean, I'm not paying anybody, but somebody (laughs) can pay me. Would you be a, what's the, when you're not a sugar, when when you're the receiver, what are you? Sugar baby. Sugar baby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would be a sugar baby. Yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah, I I feel like there it would make me feel a bit uncomfortable because it make you feel like there's some sort of like power dynamic over me because of money, even if it's a consensual thing. It's like my own triggers with money, like oh, because you have money and now I have to do anything. Like I guess oh, I would. Then if you have triggers with money, then maybe that's not the right place for you. I, but if you are someone who just you know, well, also you know, touch a little thing, wiggle a little some some, and, and and get what you need to get. <laughs> That's all I, that's, that's fine for me. I mean, I think if there, all right, so here it it goes. If there was like a real deep love and relationship and this person was like, listen, this is what I like and how it would work. You could do your own thing. Like I, this that's control not how, thing. That's not how these Yeah, I don't know. Are. I feel like I'd be too stubborn. I'm sorry. Not I'd everything be... can be like an episode of like, <laughs> I don't know, like something beautiful. But it's not that. It's just their arrangements are consensual. And if you get your rent paid and your bills paid, yeah. I mean, $15,000. You you're, that's great. She. I don't know what she does for a living. But if she has the... That's my thing is, I'm not know. judging it. If she has the money to do this, if she wants to do it, if it makes her happy to be like, I'm getting exactly what I want and he's getting exactly what he wants, go for it, girl. So, yeah. Do you well, have any friends? <laughs> what I appreciate about this is that I feel like we see a lot of the opposite online, like a lot of men boasting about this or sugar babies. But, like, to see a woman do this is very empowering. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Because oftentimes, you know, a woman would be labeled like a cougar, which yeah. is cute. I mean, cougars are, I mean, powerful. Rare. Did you just meow? <laughs> a meow would be more like a meow. A cougar is more just like, you know? I feel like, <laughs> I, I mean, am I going to get to cougar status soon? No, because you like men taking care of you. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I do. But who says I don't take care of them? Can Just we, saying. Can we cut it here, please? I think this is our time to leave. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What's up? We are back. And coming up on the show, we're going to find out what President Biden gave Olivia Rodrigo when she visited the White House. The gifts. That's in the T Report in a moment. Uh, plus, the online daters that are mixing business with pleasure. Is that the really the right thing to do? We're going to get into the debate in 15 minutes. But first, let's get into somewhat trending this hour. Australian soccer star Josh Cavallo came out today, becoming the only openly gay male top-level professional soccer player in the world. Cavallo is a midfielder for Adelaide United, and he came out in a video posted to his club's social media account. Growing up, I always felt the need to hide myself, you know, because I was ashamed. And ashamed I'll never be able to do what I love and be gay. You know, hiding who I truly am to pursue a dream I always wished for as a kid. All I want to do is play football and be treated equally. Well, congrats, Josh, for um, speaking up and living your truth. That's a beautiful thing. Now, every time we talk about soccer, I just think of Ted Lasso. Anyway... App next up on what's trending this hour. The CDC has updated its COVID vaccine guidance. This is a pretty big deal for large groups of immunocompromised people saying they can receive a fourth dose of the vaccine at least six months after completing their primary vaccine series. A fourth dose right now. The new booster dose can be any of the available vaccines, including the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, according to the CDC. And finally, right now, two Virginia school districts are preparing to release students early on selected Wednesdays to combat teacher burnout due to the pandemic. Superintendent Aaron Spence said our teachers are being asked to do more to cover more, to cover cafeterias, to cover hallways and to cover their colleagues, classrooms more so than they have ever done before. They are not able to prepare for instruction. The district is almost at 100 teachers short. That's really unfortunate. And that was so much trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? 
Oh, my God. So Olivia Rodrigo is revealing the kind of weird gifts that President Biden gave her during her White House Okay. It's time for those pop, the pop culture. Oh, my God. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, yeah, so she was on Jimmy Kimmel Live uh, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and she revealed details on her iconic experience visiting the White House to promote COVID vaccinations in July. Rodrigo said the experience overall was, quote, an honor, and, a quote, everyone was so kind. Mm. She also revealed during the interview that the iconic Ray-Bans in which she and President Joe Biden had a mini photo op in were actually gifted to her, along with a few other items. She said this. He gave them to me actually, referencing the sunglasses. He gave me a few gifts. He gave me those. He gave me some M&Ms. And he gave me a shoehorn, which was strange. It had the presidential emblem on it. I'm serious. It's in my house. Why do you give her a shoehorn? I guess. That's, I don't even I know feel what the like reference that's such of that a, is. Uh, Grandpa oh, gift? man thing. Like, yeah, like putting, you know, you put on your business shoes. Like, everyone needs a shoehorn. I mean, that's one thing you could frame. You're not. Did you say not your business use, shoes? Yeah, your business shoes. You use the sh- to because they're too. T- they're kind of tight and hard to put on. Wait, what? Is, what is it's like I a shoehorn is this thing that helps your foot slide into the shoe. I guess you could use it for sneakers. Oh, too. is that what that is? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, is it a I think you're right. Horn. <laughs> I think you're right. I've never. I actually have never used that phrase or word. I don't even know how I knew that. I kind of sh- felt like it yeah, was Yeah, a that. shoe horse or shoe horn is a tool with a short handle that flares into a longer spoon-like yep. head meant to be held against the inside back of a snug-fitting shoe so that a person can slide the heel easily along its base into the inner sole. I didn't know that's what that was. I don't know why I was thinking of like a, a horseshoe or a horse... Um, yeah, something like an animal. Well, I was thinking of, you know, like the... The, oh like, yeah, yeah. That I uh, horse at the bottom of a horse. Yeah, yeah. Their shoe. Yeah, the horseshoe. Well, <laughs> it is random. It's like this is the White House merch. Yeah. Well, at least we know Joe Biden's always going to be Grandpa, no matter what. Exactly. That's your T report. What's the saying that he says? You always remember it. I don't. The saying Joe Biden saying. Malarkey. Malarkey. Oh, that's a malarkey. That was his thing. Uh, campaign yeah. slogan for a little bit. Uh, well, coming up on the show, how online daters are mixing business with pleasure. We're going to talk more about this because I want to know, and I have something to share about dating business with pleasure, and it did not work out well. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This Bustle article talked about how people are now using dating apps to promote their businesses. So is it kosher to blend business and pleasure? I mean, it's actually kind of smart. Like, I didn't come up dating in the day of even, you know, I, I wasn't that much into the apps recently even as of late. But, like, adding in your business to promote your brand, I feel like that takes it to the next level. Right? Is that something that you on do? On dating apps? Yeah, people are Putting doing this. their businesses on their yeah, dating so like apps. Uh, no, that's just, this, I don't like that. There's, uh, in Bustle, they talked about there's how this, time and a place. Yeah, this tattoo art, artist who's actually now dating someone which I feel like is unfair because she's on an app where people are looking to connect, right? Whether it be seriously or not. But she basically is getting clients like to tattoo through the dating app. Another person had this side hustle and... Yeah, people do that. I mean, people do that all the time. Like barbers are on these apps, like mm-hmm. uh, trainers, massage therapists, all these people are on apps like, you know, also look like trying to grow their business. But I just don't like that. I kind That's of the, don't like, like it on, Like on Bumble, there's a place to talk about work. There's a place to meet friends. There's a place for romance and dating. You need to go into those actual channels and do what you need to do. Like, don't come in to a place where people are actually trying to date and meet each yes, other. Yes, I agree. And kind of mess up the vibe. Yeah, it's under the wrong guys, right? You're you're putting yourself out to someone under the intention of connecting, and then you're, like, sliding in your business card. Yeah, that's completely unattractive. I agree. If there's places in the app, which if the apps are smart, they'll do that. I mean, there's that app uh, that is harder to get on. What's it called? You have to apply. Right. Where actually I was seeing a lot of people on it when I was on it. And I was like, wait, they're with someone. And then someone said to me, oh, yeah, 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 I'm on it. You keep, yeah. You yeah, just, I'm on it because I meet people and make good work contacts. I was like, That's what wait, they tell you. But also, so people do do that. Yeah, people do do that. 
Well, supposedly, to to according to some of these apps, like you can get booted from the apps. Like uh, Hinge, you can get booted from it. And also, this person, this person has a lot of gall because not only was she promoting her side hustle on it, this ice cream side hustle thing she had, also she was pro- getting guests for her podcast. So imagine going on these apps, Ryan, to get some guests for Let's Go I mean, there. I can appreciate the hustle of it all, but who are you meeting regularly? Unless it's like a Raya app where you're seeing celebrities. But if it's like just Hinge, like you're not meeting celebrities all the time on Hinge. Well, you can meet an entrepreneur maybe. If you're doing a whole podcast about entrepreneurs or maybe about life and relationships, yeah, that'd be smart. I Go mean, on one of these apps. If that's your focus, I think you should make that clear that that's just your focus. But going on a, a dating app that's about dating is just not okay. Like on queer apps or gay apps, whatever you want to call them, um, like some people like, you know, promote their OnlyFans accounts, but I think you get blocked for that now. Um, and so it kind of does just like mess up the entire vibe of why you're there. Yeah. I found this interesting. On Tinder, the use of the word entrepreneur in bios increased by 25% between April 2020 and July 2021. So more people are considering themselves entrepreneurs now. And they're boasting about it on dating apps. Is it more attractive if you meet someone who's an entrepreneur? Is that a turn on for you? No, it is attractive to meet someone that is an entrepreneur. Like, that's nice. But you also want to meet someone who can read the room. Like, that's inappropriate to be doing that at that time. You know what? I would, when I was on the dating apps, and if their job title said entrepreneur, in my head, that meant they don't have a job. That does mean that. <laughs> much. That does and that mean messed that. up because they could have been an entrepreneur, aka I don't have a job. Well, no, it, it could go either way. Either they're an entrepreneur and they're killing it, and they're exactly. really smart. But right? if they're killing or, it, then they wouldn't have to, like, no, you could say you're an entrepreneur and like have a bunch of startups, be an investor and all this. You're not going to say you're an investor because that maybe that means you have money, like more obviously. But then the other side of it, a lot of people are just saying, "Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur." And you're like, "Well, what are you what are you creating? What are you doing?" And not to s- judge or get too into that, but that could be a very blanket statement for anything these days. And yeah, it could be difficult if then you meet them and they're like their life is very different than what they've put out online. Anyway, with that said, we kind of brought this brought us to the whole thing of like, do you mix business and pleasure? And have you mixed business and pleasure before, not just on dating apps, but in general? No. So you've never dated someone you worked with? No. Oh my God. No, I haven't. Yeah. I don't like that. Too close for comfort. Well, Ryan, you win this contest today because you are right. (laughs) I I already know your business. Uh, Yes. uh, And it's so, it's challenging for me because I tend to get really, uh, you know, connected with the people I'm with and I'm very inspired by what they're up to. And then I come up with ideas for things and I'm like, well, why don't we just do it together? Yeah, you do that to me all the time. You always loop me into weird business ideas here (laughs) live on the show. So I could see how you bring that into your romantic relationships. As like well. recently, I had an idea for a coffee shop. I told my partner, like, great, you could run it, this, that. I mean, it's more like I just have crazy ideas and I just want to do it with the people around me. All or just do it yourself. That's without boring. having some, like, you know. Without having seems support. Like, it seems like you don't believe in yourself enough to do it by no, yourself. I, I, I just want to be around people that I care about. Like, I would hire producer Vanessa. You know, this would be many years. Like, we'd be much older. Not from this radio station, by the way. This is one of those, like, pipe dreams. Like, yeah, yeah, One yeah. of those, like, things you just you're wanna... like, I would love to, I don't know, start a pickle company. I've thought of that, too. Anyway. Yeah. But, I yes, remember that. Be be careful. <laughs> it's going to happen. Be careful. Because, yeah, my uh, I didn't want to continue my relationship. He left, he left the company. He left me. It all went to S-word. And it was definitely difficult, difficult to get out of that. Would have been much easier if we'd created some sort of arrangement or just not done that from the beginning. So, yeah, it's not as romantic as you might think. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so people talk about reverse discrimination. Well, this one guy took it to court. This uh, white male marketing VP at North Carolina Hospital actually won a $10 million payout after he was replaced by two women, one of whom is black as part of a diversity and inclusion program. And he said, well, you know what? It's just reverse discrimination. 
and he got ten million dollars. I mean, one, the privilege of this guy to like, like, <laughs> to do this, but it, it clearly seems like the company wasn't making the right moves as far as their diversity inclusion programs. It seems like they were a company that was just like, well, we need to figure something out quickly before we, we're already probably getting called out. We need to figure this out. So let's just fire everyone and just put in POCs yeah. and, and marginalized people in these positions, which it's not always the right decision because you're not really learning or understanding what people are calling for and the change mm. that really needs to take place just yeah. because you're putting someone in these positions. Um, and so in that case, it's, it seems like this health company, they kind of set themselves up in a way. It, it sucks that this guy kind of did this, but you know, yeah, he, they had, they done, they did that. I was like reading about this even more and they like fired like seven other people and then they put like people like, or it wasn't like and seven, it but it was like, like white men. It was, yeah, it, well, it was like, it was, yeah, they were putting women in positions. They were putting a put a black guy in a position, they put this black woman in a position, and it kind of like happened all, um, all around the same time. And so, yeah, on the form that the jury had to fill out, it was like, did this health company prove that it would have made the same decision to terminate uh, this guy regardless of his race? And they all thought no. But he was able to prove because of all those firings that happened around the same time that this was directly due to race. And... Um, and who knows, maybe he was actually like crap at his job, but like the way they did it screwed them up and yeah, that guy paid his man $10 million. I mean, he got a, a payout for that. Yeah. He'd worked there since 2013 and supposedly he had been like had high rates of his performance. He was about to hit his five year where he was going to get a big boot, uh, bonus and raise. So also imagine being very committed and loyal to a company and being on top of your game and then yeah this all happens and he also supposedly was on the committee that was uh, the DEI committee also so he, that don't mean anything yeah. I mean we can yeah. never mind I almost it's okay I get it I get what you're gonna say yeah it could be per- <laughs> when it also it could be performative oh that's God. true it could be performative <laughs> just because you're on a committee doesn't mean anything <laughs> Uh, but I, oh, I do wonder. Gracious. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hope that this is a lesson for yeah other companies that are that have good intentions and want to create diversity. And I don't inclusion, think that's good intentions. But, just putting people into positions. Yeah, but there's a, there's the right way to do it and the wrong way to that's do not, it. That's not that's the the opposite of good intentions, in my opinion. Well, it's not sustainable. It's not like you're just gonna just fire everyone. But and, companies aren't looking for sustainability. They're just looking to make sure that their public eye thinks they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens. And now they're going to, you know, try to fight it. They said it's not fair and everything. But well, there's no statement yet, but they have no one knows if they're going to repeal it. But I guess in civil cases versus criminal cases, civil, both parties are allowed to do an appeal. Okay. Well, I wonder if we're going to see more of these things. Now that this guy won, this is the thing is like he might have maybe been in the right. Uh, the other side of it is people taking this case and then using it for the wrong reasons, right? And saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I want also a few million dollars because I feel like I was reverse discriminated against. I mean, you just never know. Like, I would not be shocked if that is, like, something that ends up happening. Mm-hmm. It sucks because it's kind of, like, manipulative. And the MAGA Trumpers are going to get have, have their way with it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, uh, there you have that story. But next up, India's queerphobic medical books are getting a much-needed makeover. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to Jewish-Chinese-American artist, activist, actor, and model Chella Man, who is the first transmasculine face of YSL Beauty. Uh, and in the campaign video for the brand, the 22-year-old deaf genderqueer artist celebrates his scars from gender confirmation surgery, saying, my scars are radiant, they show where I've been, and that he went through intense gender dysphoria. He said, my mind didn't connect to my body, but top surgery allowed me to make my body at home, and my scars will always remind me of this liberation. And they're a privilege to bear. He ends the video, my scars are my signature. Uh, just a beautiful message, and congratulations on this huge feat. He's just making moves. I know, right? It's absolutely incredible, their journey, and, and seeing them grow and really break barriers. 
Uh, definitely. And he, he's been in some amazing campaigns, including for Calvin. So he's doing some great stuff. And he actually landed his first acting role as Jericho in Titans also in 2019. So, Chalaman, you get our Yes Queen of the day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Such cool stuff. Well, that does it also for our show today. But we are back tomorrow weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live on tomorrow's show. Of course, we got great music here on Channel Q. We got the news, what's trending this hour, and the tea. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about the commercialization of Day of the Dead and how, how that's changed over centuries. And so stick around for that tomorrow. All right. Well, yeah. let's do it. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's talking about therapist tips for dealing with bad moods. Okay, we all need that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 